We move to today's spotlight on KRWC already, the third Wednesday of the month. Month of February is flying by here. On the third Wednesday, we welcome the uh, county commissioners on a rotating basis into studio to uh, get us up to date on some of the issues and some of the things going on with the Wright County Board. Commissioner Mike Potter visits with us on this uh, February edition of our spotlight. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. Nice to have you back. Happy New Year. We didn't uh, talk until I think it was late last year sometime. It was. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, but the, uh, it's it's good to be back. Good to keep the people of Ray County informed of what's going on with their uh, local government here. <clears throat> We're getting through the uh, winter fairly well. Not too bad this winter versus the last couple. Well, the winter, like I say, better than last year. Absolutely, with the temperatures and everything else. I mean, we had a cold start that delayed our government center project a little bit, but that's that's to be expected with mm-hmm. winter construction and that. Um, I'll, I'll start off by uh, Tim. Our justice center is moving right along. We're you know almost eighty percent done right in that neighborhood, and uh, slated for a late July opening for them to move in there and have their thing. Now, when you have the judges in the tenth judicial district court calendar, <clears throat> this is a logistics problem to try to make sure that the cases are tried when they have to be according to law, and to move the people over there and make sure there's least amount of disruption. So. Getting that calendar moved is is probably just as big a hurdle to overcome as as actually building the building. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a, a person unless they're in that realm, they really don't understand what it takes to get a court case going. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know too if you if you uh, have an answer for this or not, but uh, I would imagine that they'd have to have kind of or somebody would have to have your IT department or somebody has to kind of test everything, make sure that all of the electronic things that uh, need to be connected are connected properly before you make the switch over. Yeah, that's one of the things we uh, uh, have gone through a couple IT directors here lately, and now we have Matt Fomby. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced that he's the person that will help us get get to that next step. Uh, we worked with the state prior to building this. is the first time that the state's ever had a county talk to them prior to building a justice center. Usually they, they open a justice center. Oh, by the way, state, we opened one up. Now come in. They've been, the state's been there from day one with the IT to make sure everything's going to function and flow correctly. Um, this is something new to them, but I think all the county should be doing this because if, if the state's the partner on this thing, they should be at the table when you're doing these right at the get-go so you uh, make sure you do it correctly because uh, like in the IT, especially that area, whatever you think you need for space, double it. Because I don't know where IT is going from here. If it's going bigger equipment, smaller equipment, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But once that's locked into an area, you can't expand it there without very expensive piping to go somewhere else. I uh, found that at our current government center when the IT stuff used to be in the basement, and then they had to move it up where it's at. And the uh, conduits gun there were not big enough to handle this. They it was It was so new at the time they were doing it, they didn't think about the future and how much... Uh, the conduit, how big it had to be. Uh, right now, you couldn't shove one more wire in that <laughs> conduit there. Uh, that's part of the yeah. issue there. So we've, we've taken steps to make sure that's that's done there. We've done uh, <clears throat> electronics records management. We're going into that ERP uh, program to get us ready for the future because IT and, and all the information changes so quickly. we got to try to get ahead of this a little bit. Uh, we've been on the bleeding edge of that deal for a long time. And like I say, you're the leading edge or bleeding edge. And I don't want to be leading edge because I think that's where we got in trouble with the, the jail with the well system. 
we're at the leading edge of that, <clears throat> only to have a lot of problems surface. Uh, you don't want to be bleeding edge because then you're always chasing chasing tail, putting out fires all the time, which is is not good. Um, so a couple of the delays in the Justice Center happened. <coughs> excuse me, uh, because of uh, when we approved the government center in there, that changed a little bit of the configuration of the parking lot <coughs> and the fleet storage. So that delayed a little bit of that. And then we also purchased the Bremer property to help accommodate this. <coughs> To make sure that where the future growth is is handling there's a it's coming along right now uh and next project the government center's segue right into that the footings are in the elevator towers are in uh poured most of the seal superstructures there <clears throat> and they're doing more more concrete pours and different things getting ready for sometime in the spring when the panels show up now the panels would be nice when they show up then it actually looks in like a building there mm -hmm. most people look at it they don't they don't they really recognize what it is uh, and that won't be open until sometime the summer of 2021. And that that brings into the other part of it, <coughs> our building, the Pomida building, as we refer to it as a mm -hmm. human resource building, and the government center downtown. We had a uh, talks yesterday with our, our financial advisor, Bruce Kimmel from Ehlers. <coughs> and we're really fortunate to have somebody with that sharp of mind helping us, guide us. Through this. We have what's called the EDP. <coughs> um, it, it, it's for... Uh, development, Wright County Economic Development Partnership, mm -hmm. and we're talking about maybe probably doing an EDA to help offset that because that might help with these properties when it's come time to market. It would give us more uh, maneuverability with them because right now you just put it up for sale, auction, and that's it. <clears throat> with the EDA, we'll have a there's a few more tools in the toolbox. More to come on that. We're just kind of researching that and taking baby steps. How do we get to that point? Uh, our economic development partnership that we have is actually working really well, so I hate to lose that because that's public-private, and uh, <clears throat> the people involved in that do care about the county and, and help everybody that's coming in here. Uh, our, our next thing is the Trailblazer building. As you know, last year we did the uh, <clears throat> purchase that building from the city of Buffalo, on what was called a defeasance bond. We just able to work out the logistics of that, so the the cost of uh, defeasing that bond was less because at first it was a lot of money it was just not going to happen that way and that again where bruce kimmel from ailers helped us navigate that and get that taken care of um, we just uh, approved the contracts for the architect and the construction manager so we'll be breaking ground sometime this spring with sometime in the late summer that'll be opening uh, we're adding buses we have four buses sitting in the shed right now uh, two are ready to uh, get close to going on the road. Uh, the hardest time is to get drivers. And that's been, <clears throat> I think that's pretty much all over the state. Everybody's having a hard time getting drivers up, approved to get going. Um, and I think we, we have 15 buses on the road right now. And we need to be up that 32 to 35 on the road to get to our 90% goal that the state has for ridership. Um, we're at about 40% now. Sibley and McLeod County are, are right at that 90% right now. So they're, they've been established for a while. <clears throat> we have a lot of untapped potential in this county. Uh, for people now finally realize we have a transit system. So they, they're actually calling now. We're having more declined rides because people have to understand that this is not a, this is a, a call up and get a ride, but you can't just snap your fingers and have it happen. It's not like Metro where you got routes. Right. You know, it, it's a little different. What we have out here, but we had a, uh, a national company come in and analyze all our <clears throat> state uh, transit systems, and they gave uh, two thumbs up to Trailblazer how it was run, 
and how it's doing. And and we're fortunate they have uh, not only Derek uh, Commissioner Vetch on that uh, WCAT board or the uh, Trailblazer board, but also Mayor Kevin Castle from St. Michael. Um, real good people, positive thinking. How do we go forward from here? How do we make it better? You know, and, and really happy with how it's it's coming along. You know, like there was a couple of hiccups there at the beginning, but we've overcome them uh, to make a good system. Where's that, uh, for listeners, uh, Mike, where is that uh, building going to be located at? Uh, the building is right by, uh, kind of across from the uh, Votech on Highway 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, excuse me for not remembering what church it is sitting right there. I, it's not is the it, Zion. Uh, it's Hosanna? Hosanna. Right over it's there. It's right yeah. over there. In, uh, Penrad is right across the street oh, sure. from it. Yep. So, so basically, the building that's there, it's going to get extended on to the end. Mm-hmm. So that'll that'll take us by for a while. That won't be the cure all. We'll probably at some time in the future have to have another station, like in Otsego, St. Michael area, to accommodate Northeast because that's the part that the potential is there. The rides in Buffalo are, are through the roof. I mean, they're, they're sixty-eight thousand rides a year. That's pretty darn good. <clears throat> And people want more. Now they want evening service and that. But it's going to take us a while to get there. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, with the funding mechanisms, we're still subject to what the state throws out there. Uh, they are having hearings and talking about more money for rural transit. I think that was part of that federal study that came for the state to see what they wanted to get going, to see how its shape it's in. Uh, hopefully it's there. I'm <clears throat> not holding out too much hope because I, uh, and I like our governor, Tim Walls, but he's more education and health care than he is transportation. He's pretty much played that card out that he's, if you're the third fiddle, you're, you're back there. These two are my hot button issues that I'm playing with, which is, is uh, it's important, but not to forget transportation. But I, it's tough when you sit there knowing that the funding isn't going to be there because you know what the need is, but the funding isn't going to be there. <clears throat> And going into I-94, last summer I went out for uh, D.C. a few times. to uh, We had an application build grant. That's the federal Better Utilizing Investments to Leverage Development. That's, they've had all these acronyms, TIGERS, and all these other things going on. Uh, and we thought we had a good presentation. It made sense. We had just that one segment left from Albertville to Monticello to get done. And uh, FHWA, the Federal Highway, uh, Anthony Bedell and the rest all thought, this, okay, this makes sense. But... <clears throat> Uh, through the politics of whatever, Minnesota got shut out again. And, and this has been the frustrating part. We went six years without any federal projects like that. And a year ago, we got the Duluth-Blatnik part of that. Uh, and we think this is going to be it. We're going to start getting some money. Uh, it didn't happen. And there's speculation on the politics of it, uh, of what it is. I mean, and you hope that isn't it, but it does play a part in uh, how these things get funded in that and it's sad for minnesota because out of the federal gas tax the federal money we pay in that we're only going to get 42 cents out of every dollar thereabouts back and we're a net payer in that system big time and we got to try to stop that try to stop the midwest from being a flyover but just got to keep knocking at that door hopefully hopefully one of these times we're able to connect with our our, our congressmen and women out there to hey let's get some projects for minnesota here mm-hmm. yeah, and i want it for 94 but if it happens somewhere else, at least the state's got some money. It's it's there, right. and uh, uh, trying to I think trying to keep this going. But the um, segments that are getting uh, done this year, groundbreaking for the two projects: the one from St. Michael to Albertville, that's a reconstruction for from two to three lanes, 
And the Monticello to Clearwater, that's our, that was scheduled reconstruction already, and that's just going from the two to three lanes. Um, those both happen this spring, so it'll be between that, County Road 19, County Road 38, County Road 39, um, and other projects up in the northeast part of the county, it will be a challenge to drive. It's been that way, kind of. <laughs> there's been a lot of projects the last several summers, but, um, you know, it's uh, kind of do it while the sun shines type thing. Well, also keep in mind that... Uh, for a while and and when the economy goes bad everybody's trying to pull their horns in so to speak but the roads keep aging mm-hmm. you can't kick that can down the road too far because we're playing catch up we're like 78 million dollars behind and we just did a new traffic study uh this was the uh cities townships every i says i want thoughts hopes dreams wishes everything in here and we, we compile this and we're closer to now with that being said with the growth closer to $180 million mm-hmm. behind. And we can't count on the legislature to help us because they basically told us, you know, you got your problems, you, you got tools, use it. And, you know, and that's why, uh, that's why we got to keep going on this. And, and that's core function of government. How do people get from A to B? Uh, goods to market, people to work, people to school and, and church and wherever they're going to go. <clears throat> Another thing is the, uh, on Highway 55, I'm chair of that coalition. And we're seeking a $5 million bonding uh, in the bonding bill from the state for preliminary final design for a section of the highway from Arrowhead. That's if those people that drive that where low ram is, mm-hmm. where it goes from four to two, out to Loretto, get that piece done. And, you know, we've got the blessing of Met Council. We've got the blessing of Hennepin County. We've got the blessing of everybody except for this. Uh, we need this because the... Uh, uh, if we're we're probably not going to make it in the bonding bill for construction in this because this is not exactly high in the list for Hennepin County and Metro MnDOT, uh, but uh, Congresswoman Craig says you, if you get this teed up, shovel ready, ready to go, then if the feds get their act together on their infrastructure bill, and she sits on that transportation committee, and uh, Congressman Dean Phillips wants it pretty bad also, I think we have a chance of getting some federal money for that. Uh, that will help our citizens of Wright County because those that drive in 55 know how bad it is. Yeah. <clears throat> so that would be four lane in both directions and both in that extra stretch there. From uh, Loretto. And keep in mind, in the future, uh, bus rapid transit BRT is slated to come out to Loretto. But that's in the future. That's probably a good 10 years out or so. But it's nice to have it ready to go so when it does go, and our transit system evolves, someday... We'll be able to take people from here, bring them to that BRT station in Loretto so right. there are less cars on the road mm-hmm. and a little bit easier time. It's in the future, but you just got to, it's like a chess game. You got to keep going until you get there. Um, so let's try with those things. I mean, the other thing is the, uh, we uh, were allotted, awarded uh, $1.3 million federal uh, grant for County Road 5. It's a uh, out to the west here a little bit. It's one of our last of the two really old bridges that need to be replaced. It was slated for, I think it was 2025 is when we were slated to do it in our five-year plan. But the money is for 2024, and that does it saves 1.3 for that would have gone from our Kasamani County State Aid from the gas tax. Now we can use that money for another road to fix that and upgrade that. So it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have that... Uh, that there and, and staying on that same route there i jump around here a little bit on you tim but uh we got our state apportionment for 2020 um this time around it's a little better than last time uh 
Uh, this time around, we saw an 8.21% increase. And uh, so that, that helps a little bit. It's not, <clears throat> the state average was 9.58, but you know, 8.2 is better than nothing. And the last time around, the uh, municipal state aid, the, the cities over 5,000 saw an increase, and everybody else basically saw nothing. And the townships actually, in my opinion, went backwards. <clears throat> this time around, the townships are, are, are seeing an increase of $24,000 in our county, which helps. It's still not where it should be, but it's closer. I mean, the town road account, the bridge accounts didn't get what they receive any money this year. And that's kind of crazy why they didn't do that because not Ray County doesn't have a lot of deficient bridges, but a lot of other places in the state do. And, and it's another one you just got to keep knocking at. They, they know what the problem is. It's just the will to get it done. I mean, and sometimes they just, they just, they, they make hard decisions. And I'm not sure when I, and I tell people, this is when you, you get down there and all these projects that you think of a big funnel, all the projects go in the funnel and they go to conference committee and what comes out the bottom end is what ends up getting voted on <clears throat> and vote trading and everything else that goes on and, and whatever's within the budget. It, it's a tough process, but you got to know who the players are that are going to be in the conference committee because that's your best chance of of getting something done um, plus when you're down there you need to work both sides of the aisle because both sides have votes sure you know and it's 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 tough on there uh, another thing is the uh i this year i'm president of transportation alliance it's the oldest lobbying organization in the nation i've been blessed with being president of that it's a it a lot of professionals working on on bringing our issues to light mostly state and federal uh, we keep going at it and uh, we get the transportation day at the Capitol coming up on the 18th of March, and hopefully we can either have Congressman Emmer or Congresswoman Craig help address that to get somebody from D.C. there to so we have a front front row at them uh, with them. But we're going to have mostly uh, engineers tell their story because the Engineers Association of Minnesota have, have uh, compiled a really good report on our condition of our roads. Uh, we get a a whopping D plus for the condition and the funding of it, which is not um, good. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's not where we should be. What the, uh, it, it's, what do you do about it? You just got to keep, like say, you got to keep knocking at that door uh, and, and just keep doing it. I mean, uh, also this, uh, we approve Virgil for getting ready for uh, spring weight restrictions. There's a map on the website. So people will be able to see where the five, the seven, the nine, the 10 tons are, where they're at. It's, it's, pretty intensive map and how we do it is when mindot makes the call then we put it on right away so sure. by doing the resolution now uh, virgil's ready to go and his crew when the state says it's time the signs go up that that night all you gotta do is fill in the dates then you're fill ready fill in to the go. dates yeah. and put up the signs and also with the uh the transportation the, the we did the local option sales tax uh, a couple years back and it it was anticipated to bring in about 3.9 million. It's brought in 7.3, a little better than we anticipated, uh, which is good. Our roads need fixing, uh, and even Commissioner Brell, who was against it, <clears throat> now saying, after after a little time, he thinks he likes that better than writing a check on his property tax. <laughs> you know, because and there's a large percentage of people that pass through the county that help pay in this, yeah. and I tell people every other county around us, uh, except for Meeker, has got it already. And some have both, the wheelage and the... Um, Carver has wheelage, uh, uh, sales tax, and excise tax. There's yeah. another one that 
nobody talks about. They took all three of them. Mm. <clears throat> and that happened when I was uh, testifying before the house with uh, engineer Lyndon Robegent from Carver, and they were just telling us, you know, you come down here begging for money, how come you don't use the tools we gave you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I guess they told us what to do. Yeah. And that's what I think finally convinced uh, my board to go forward with this. I mean, you can't, this is one can you can't kick down the road that far because it, a car repair costs more than fixing that road. You know, and, and this is something that the people are expecting us to have good roads. You know, good roads, you can, it's easier to plow them also. Uh, another bit of good news for us is uh, District 3, uh, we applied for LLP, and, and, and it escapes my brain right now what that is, but it's, it, it, the, uh, what it is is we got a $1.4 million grant to do a roundabout at County Road 138 at Highway 25. That's where you turn into the, the Justice Center, the jail, oh, okay. 25. Mm-hmm. And, and what's going to happen there is that's going to be a, basically a double roundabout setup, one on Highway 25, it'll eliminate that stoplight, and the other one at Braddock so you can go north and west. The other thing with County Road 138 that will now turn into, like County Road 83, that will be a CASA route. We're doing some switching of designations to leverage our, our CASA dollars because uh, anticipation of what the, the jail, justice center, government center all be in there, the traffic pattern is going to change quickly. So we're uh, good to get that done, and hopefully that will be done by the time the government center opens up. Uh, the other part is we also were told that the District 3 is, is doing a, a study on Highway 25 from Monticello down to Buffalo on the future expansion of that because it's a real busy road and needs to be expanded. Uh, so it was looking forward to that because that that's the first piece of the puzzle to get you funded for with the federal money that comes through the federal gas tax to get funding for that piece and it's also a uh, trunk highway bonds and everything there's there's a lot more to come on that the other issue with that particular uh, property is that <clears throat> now that we're going to get the government center and everybody out there now access to 25 is going to be an issue we bought the Bremer property. That's not where MnDOT would like to see the access. They'd like to see that access up further north by where that church is out there. And forgive me for not knowing which church that is, you know, because when you're a Catholic, you're not supposed to know the rest of the churches <laughs> up there anyway. But that's that. But yeah, you know, and they have a couple different options for our access to 25, and and we're exploring both of those and sitting down with MnDOT and how how do we make this work. Um, they insisted it be a public street for a portion back, but the uh, say back to the uh, behind the church, and then after that it'll probably just turn into more of a private drive for another way to get employees to and from mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, we are going to take over Braddock Avenue, going north of the jail, uh, going out to the next county road up to improve that widen it, put shoulders, walking paths, and all that because we anticipate the traffic is going to skyrocket on sure. that one. Yeah. I want to back up to the to the roundabouts for just a second, if we can. What, uh, and this is really neither here nor there with uh, with the topics you're talking about. But when you brought it up about some more going in, what's what's the word with, uh, for instance, uh, the the county highway crews and other people that you talk to? You're, you're seeing way lots and lots of these, and uh, they seem to be multiplying, you know, tenfold. Um, people liking them. The, do the do the uh, the crews that have to service them like them? How's it going with those? It's a little more work with the snow removal mm-hmm. with the crews. You know, because you got to push the snow back. You, gotta, you can't just pile it up in the middle there. Yeah. Uh, a little more work. Uh, some people are, are getting used to them and liking them. Some people still don't like them. Uh, the whole idea behind it, 
behind it. It's like when you take that toward zero death initiative, you're trying to avoid uh, head-on collisions and T-bones, accidents. Roundabouts, you're going to get a deflection. Your chance of death on those is, is a lot less than just a regular intersection. Yeah. And when you have uh, uh, free-flowing versus a stoplight, traffic tends to flow. Once people get used to how what they're supposed to do there, it flows better. Yep. I mean, you don't have to have a stoplight like a Conroe 35, the one out by Pulaski, that when the school let out, it was backed up when it was a stop sign, it was almost to the school. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and now with the roundabout, it, it, it doesn't back up quite as much there. Mm-hmm. It, there's positive people. It's the flavor of the day, so it's you get extra points and all that when you're scoring for getting the money because uh, anytime you're going a competitive bid on the money, you got to whatever the brain's... Uh, at down at MnDOT and Federal, the flavor of the day, that's what you do. Like like on the freeway, collector distributor is the new deal versus Cloverleafs. You know, Cloverleafs way back when were the hot ticket, not anymore. <clears throat> it's, just, it's just a matter, I think it's safer for people once they get used to how it fits and flows. And, and, and I'm going to have Virgil put that uh, about a 10-minute video on how to navigate a roundabout back on our website yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Uh Directed a lot of people to it, and a lot of people said, well, now I understand how a roundabout works. Because they're not a traffic circle. That's all. They, they're, they're confusing the European traffic circles with roundabouts, and they're, they're two different animals. They look similar, but they're not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see them, we're encountering them way more than ever. And I, you know, like everybody, I guess, just from a personal aspect, it's, it's you know, I think the more years you've been driving, and then you start to deal with these, the tougher, I think the, the people that are coming up, you know, just kind of getting their bearings as far as driving, don't think too much of it. I mean, it's just a, just the way it is. It's, Maybe a little more adaptation for some of, the, some of the drivers that have been at it for a while. It's not dissimilar than when seatbelt law became. Yeah. The older drivers weren't used to a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. It took them a while to adapt. The younger drivers, they've been with it from day one. Yeah. They, there's no, you know, if, if somebody... 18 to 21 gets a seatbelt ticket. Shame on you. You've been thin. Somebody, say, 85 years old that forgets their seatbelt, yeah. you know, it, it, they weren't used to it. They drove a bunch of years without it. Uh, so it's, like I say, and the whole thing is about keeping people safe on the road. I mean, uh, towards zero death is a, is a good initiative. We're never going to get there because there's human error. There's all kinds of other things going on. Uh, there are distractions in driving. But you try to minimize that risk you know and the roundabouts you're not having head-ons and t-bones right you know so that that helps it's most of them are minor uh, and minor uh, collisions in that one thing i want to say before i get going is uh, master gardener's spring day uh and through the extension is march 28th at the stma middle school west from 8 30 uh to 9 to 3 15 it's a 35 dollars registration fee for this this has been well attended for many years um and it's it, it's the uh Keynote speaker is Swenson Gardens, tomatoes, perennials, backyard chickens, pollinator gardening, pr- food preservation, and more. It's it's a good program. It's well attended. And, and I also want to make a shout-out, congratulations to Gary Kobus. He's on our extension committee. 20 years as a master gardener in Wright County. Oh, good for That's him. Uh, quite a milestone for, for him. Now, the thing is, uh, Wright County Fair is 150 years old this year. I was reading that just the other, <clears throat> the other day, 150th celebration of the county fair. So the fair board is going to do a few more things, and you've got to talk to Commissioner Burrell on that one uh, more so. Uh, but I know children under 18 are going to be admitted free. We're going to see 
how that does with the revenue mm -hmm. stream. I try to make it more affordable for families. I know they have a few more uh, items that they're going to do for the commemorate the 150th anniversary. Uh, whether it's uh, more prize in a drawing or more different things, more to come on that one. And uh, I just want to say that you know, with with all the things we're doing on this board, we've got a good good group that uh, you know, Commissioner Vetch is down at the Capitol testifying on landfills today. So that's kind of nice. We get people that are, all five of us are engaged in, in different aspects of the county, which is kind of nice. Uh, and that this board, I, I'm really proud of them because they are not afraid to make the hard decisions. We get blasted for everything we do by people, but we're making it so Wright County in the future is set up well, and future boards will have not the same problems we have to deal with. And that, that I'm proud of them because they, they've, it's been a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, but they haven't been afraid to make those hard decisions. Very good. Commissioner Mike Potter, our guest on today's Spotlight, our regular visit with the uh, county commissioners. Well, we'll uh, continue to monitor progress on all the building and all the, uh, the rest of things happening with transportation and whatnot, and we'll talk again later in the year here sometime. Okay. Thank you, Tim. Okay. Thanks very much. That's today's Spotlight for you on KRWC.